welcome to the Big Stream Podcast. I am your host today, Theodore Stokes, and I am not joined by fellow host Will Templar. He is dipped for this one. So it's all down to me and to my lovely guest, Mr. Cole Oakley. Hello. How are you today, Cole? I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm so excited to be talking about Top Gun, honestly. Yeah, there we go. Today is about Top Gun. This is going to be a review ahead of the Top Gun Maverick release, which is, well, as of recording, being released, I think, Wednesday, which I think we'll be doing a review of soon after this one. But today is just about the OG original Top Gun with Mr. Tom Cruise himself. How, 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 did, you, how did you feel about this film the first time you watched it around? So first time I watched it was a very long time ago, probably four, five, six years ago. Um, this film is constantly quoted by my dad <laughs> unfortunately and yeah it's kind of just one of those movies where you kind of get you you hear the references so much something you feel like you have to see so um i, I think i remember the first time i watched it i was very underwhelmed by a lot i think the only thing i liked were the plane scenes and i kind of didn't care about anything else that happened in the movie that that was a that was a while ago i think I've had some pretty substantial opinion changes since then. But uh, what about you? what about yourself? Well, I've only just watched it today, so it's fresh in my mind. And okay. I must say, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Okay, that's interesting. Like, listening over what everybody else is saying, and mainly just you and Will with your reviews, I was I was a little skeptical going to it because it's not my type of film. It's a seem like a cheesy action film, which it is. is is pretty damn cheesy. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like it was just. It held the like it didn't go too far into the campiness of it, and I feel like it still retained a good sense of um, like action and like you said about the um, about all the stuff they filmed with the planes. That was just oh, I was to be honest, blown away. I thought it was magnificent the way they shot all the um, flight sequences and taking off. Because mm-hmm. when this film came out in what nineteen eighty four, eighty four. This was um, Tony Scott's second film. I believe uh, Tony Scott, if people don't know, is the brother of Ridley Scott and a renowned filmmaker in his own right. Had really good filmography. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah, obviously the, the the impact that this film has had on pop culture as a whole is is far more substantial than I actually mm-hmm. thought it was. Like going into it, I knew like a couple of the lines. I knew like the songs. But as soon as I started watching, I was like, oh, there's a lot more things that are referenced in day-to-day life in this film than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like, even like the... I, I, I don't know this is just my negligence, but I didn't even know that I feel the need for speed thing came from this film. I know. Yeah, that's pretty it's pretty iconic. The only, thing, I mean, the, the only things I really thought about this film going into is like the, obviously the songs, because oh my God. the songs are um, iconic in this film, at least. They're iconic, but... Oh my god, are they overplayed in this movie? Oh yeah. I swear to god you hear every song like five or six times just throughout the duration of the film. It's fucking like the normal theme, the problem theme. I they play it as like a motif every five minutes. And it's like mm-hmm. it's cool, like now and again, but every after every fucking scene. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> but I do think that um Danger Zone, the song play at the beginning was like perfect. Like, it, it sets up the tone very well. And even like the opening scene, like I was actually quite intrigued because it was shot nicely. And it was, um, it, it felt quite grounded. Mm-hmm. And the song, I, I think it's the best song on the soundtrack. It, it slaps hard. That's and that's, and that's like the thing I reference probably the most from this film because <laughs> I used to just like scream out Danger Zone to my mates. Oh, God. For no particular reason because of this film. 
Well, obviously, take my breath away is take my breath away is played loads. It's Mighty so Wings, um, played quite a lot. The, the soundtrack to this film is like equally as iconic as the film itself. I think. Oh, most definitely. I knew all the songs going to this mm. film. <laughs> How many other Tony Scott films have you seen? Just out of curiosity. Uh, that is an excellent question. Have you uh, seen uh, like True Romance or like um, Man on Fire? any of his other films this is your first Tony Scott film uh yeah looks yeah looks to be okay interesting well um, anyway anyway yeah, yeah this is my yeah. first time seeing him and honestly I don't I wouldn't know if I'd say he's obviously the um the level he is with the, like his brother because Ridley Scott is fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part and this film whilst iconic it as a film isn't the best thing like a lot of things I'm not taking too serious, I feel like. Yeah. Like um, Goose's death. I felt like that should have been a, a much bigger point, and that should have been something that they kind of hammered home. Okay. Whereas in the film, they do address it, and there's like a good lengthy bit where like he quits the um, like the, the, the unit, and he goes through this whole stage of like questioning should he be a pilot or not. But I feel like as though like when you're told that he's died, he's just like in the bathroom like shaving and he's told it and then told and you have that ass shot yeah well. it's like what am i meant to be looking at? <laughs> i'm going to be emotional here i'm curious like the one like really nice character who obviously is meant is played that way he's played to be the one you like so then when he dies it's all the more tragic mm-hmm. but it's like ah yes this character that's so beloved just died but let's have a shot of that crew's ass yeah it's really weird tonally like everything after like i i actually I kind of get, like when I was watching it, I was watching the whole romance develop. And I just, it wasn't doing it for me. I wasn't like in, intrigued in the story at all. And I feel like Goose's death is kind of like the turning point in the story where things start to like pick up, like start to become interesting because you kind of have that shift where like Tom Cruise's character stops being like this egotistical maniac. And he kind of just goes back into like this kind of, I don't know, depressed state throughout kind of most of the movie. And it's quite an interesting tonal shift because you have him be this kind of cocky asshole throughout the entire movie being like, he's the best. And now that he's had this like kind of up close experience where like his friend's been killed, it's kind of shaken him a bit. And I, I think that's like the most interesting thing about the movie to me. It's kind of like seeing that like kind of over masculine, like that kind of masculine kind of egotistical kind of facade be broken. Yeah. Which I actually think gives the character quite a bit of depth. And I actually think Tom Cruise did a pretty good job with conveying that. But that's not something I remember on my first watch tool, but I was rewatching when I rewatched, I was like keeping a lot more close eye on Cruise's performance. I think he was really strong in that regard of like showing kind of cockiness get broken. Yeah, I was gonna elaborate on um Cruise's performance because obviously uh, maybe a rewatch is probably in order, but the first time today watching Threat, I thought of points his performance was not the best. Yeah, there, is, there are a couple of scenes where he's like dry as anything. Oh my god, yeah. Like no, I generally being, agree. When he's being cocky, it's kind of like yeah, it works because I just imagine that's just Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. But there are points where I just felt like like when he falls in love with Charlie. Yeah, stuff, there's a lot of dialogue between those two that I just felt there was no real chemistry between them. It mm-hmm. felt like they were just in love because the story demanded it to be well, so. There was a lot of the movie where I was like questioning whether he was even into her because there's a lot of there's a lot of situations where like they're kind of flirting together and like they're both getting really close. But then Tom Cruise will suddenly like do something to leave to like throw her off. 
yeah. kind of like kind of like an ego thing. He like he, I don't know when, when I was watching him perform, I kind of got the impression that he 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 he'd rather just know that she was into him instead of actually show any affection back. Yeah, that was quite an, an interesting thing for the character. It's like when like, he drives away on the motorbike and then she chases him. When they come to a stop, yeah. Tom Cruise like yells at, her, "Oh, you think I'm this reckless driver? But look at you!" And like has a proper go at her. Yeah, and she turns around and says, "Oh, I just didn't want them to know I've fallen for you." I was like, "What the fuck?" And then they get on like, "Wait, what? Wait!" Oh my god, can we talk about the awful fucking sex scene? Oh, where they god. they lick each other. It's like watching yeah. two people who've what? never had any like sexual interaction before just lick each other's faces. It was incredibly, incredibly awkward to watch. Take my breath away song, which is like quite a like sway. It's quite a nice song, even though it's overplayed. Just mm-hmm. over, like really unsettling. In yeah, scene. It's like that feels so bizarre. Gross. It just felt really gross. I was watching and it. And like, this is not hot or attractive in any way. Exactly. <laughs> it's really I mean, weird. I up, um, Maverick to be like mm-hmm. this ladies man. And like Goose's wife says that oh he's had like ladies in every other town. Yeah. And he's like the bee's knees. Mm. And then you see this intimacy and it's something like licking her. Like it's like, a lollipop. And it's like, yeah, what are we doing? Like, this is the I imagine from Mr. Man of All Women. <laughs> that was no, that scene is maybe the hardest to watch scene just because of how uncomfortably weird it is. It is, it is a bizarre, and it it, t- it just cuts in randomly. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's like it doesn't feel like it's a natural progression thing. It's just kind of yeah. like here's here them having sex. Now we'll never address this ever again. And it was like, yeah. well, what was the point in that? Like it didn't ex- exactly show the. Story. I think I think my my biggest problem with this movie is everything up to Goose's death. There feels like there's no consequences in this movie for practically anything. And also, there's no real direction for this film. Like, mm. they're kind of going for in terms of the story is that they want to win this competition thing. Like yeah. They want to be Top Gun. They but, want to be the best. But everything up until Goose's death, it just feels like we're just watching scenes from like a different film that have been interspliced into it, trying to make it be like, oh, this is them building, building it up. And it's like, yeah. But the story is like, I'm not, I'm not with Maverick at this point because he's just a dick. True. Like he left his wingman behind. Mm-hmm. Like he shows off and it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool because he's being the cocky hero and it makes it all the more redeeming when he becomes the hero at the end. Yeah. But when we watch it, I just had, no, I didn't want him to win. I didn't want this guy <laughs> to become Top Gun. Like Iceman as much as a, a, a villain. I don't really know. There's not really a villain in this film, but yeah. probably Iceman or the Colonel. Because guy. Iceman's like the actual best pilot. He's kind of everything the army wants Tom Cruise to be. He's like that kind of Have you idealization. seen Eddie the Eagle? Yeah, I've seen Eddie the Eagle. This film feels like it's a lesser version of Eddie the Eagle in terms of the rivalry, because mm-hmm. I, I just said I watched Eddie the Eagle the other day, but um, Taron's character is like the Tom Cruise, like he thinks he's the best, and he yeah. can't think... And then there's the other guy, the um, I think he was Swedish in the film, mm-hmm. who's like actually the best. And yeah. there's this kind of dynamic where like there's a respect right. between them at the end of the film. Yeah. And then the same in Eddie the Eagle when they're going up the lift, they have this kind of like dialogue exchange of, oh, we're we both just doing this for the job. But there was never apart from Tom Cruise actually like being his wingman in the actual fighting bit, there was no real lead up to that redemption. And even like the scene before, Iceman just kind of goes, Oh, I don't want him flying beside me. Like, can we get someone else? And it's like, well, 
like yeah i get it because he's just like Bruce is just dying he's still suffering and reeling from that so Iceman doesn't want to put his platoon at risk mm-hmm. but then it doesn't feel as rewarding at the end when they kind of come together and it's like you can be my wingman any day it's like yeah well, I, I agree there's generally not like a really there's, an, there's no like satisfying conclusions to like any any kind of plot like plots or subplots in the movie even like the relationship because it just ends with her playing the music on the jukebox. They kind of meet, and then that's, yeah, and that's and then it's, that's it with them. Too. But we never see like any turmoil in their relationship until like until up to the point where they're together. Yeah, like when they get together, like nothing kind of goes wrong. Also, Cruz gets away with a lot of weird. Like he goes into the ladies' room, <laughs> and like very like sexually open with her, just like oh yeah, I've been at sea. Well, what do you think of the whole kind of teacher-student dynamic? I mean, it's interesting. It does lead to a funny reveal when they're like, when she walks down the center, and they're all like, "Oh, that's her." That was like, that, yeah. was, that was kind of funny, even though it was it was it was an interesting battle. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, the relationship of the, of the movie. It's an odd one to kind of delve into. Yeah, because there's obviously quite a, a hefty power dynamic there. Like she even says, like she can't admit she can have a crush on him because that that could go into like her giving him like better results or stuff. Yeah, or not being not be as being as harsh on him in in the flight school is is like a tricky um mm. like dynamics to have yeah. in, in a film and why choose this film for it <laughs> like a film that if you boil it down is essentially just people in planes shooting other people in planes why this film have- I, I think you could make an interesting case that um it's not the the reason she is the love interest in this is purely for Tom Cruise to 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 continue to have that way to climb up the ranks and like show because he's again he's showing he's better than ever like the whole idea of the movie is for him to just prove he's better than everyone else at the at the school yeah. like he's the best like kind of fighter guy and another way he could be expressing that is by flirting with this kind of teacher it's another way of showing his ego that he is better than everyone else at this place because he can get with I don't know, the teacher, he, he can... Do you know what I mean? I, I wonder yeah. if that could be an aspect of what the filmmakers intended as, as another way of showing like how this character will literally do anything to make sure he is the best at this school. Yeah, it kind of like leads back to what you said before about like you don't really feel that Cruz is in the relationship, that only she's giving out on it, if that makes sense, and he's yeah. just there. He never, he never gives like any intimate reason as to why he wants this relationship or even that like, he cares about her all that much. Mm. To me, at least, yeah, it's. it's but that's it's, also she. Just, she just doesn't really have that good of that. She doesn't really get that explored. Her character, it's kind of left to the sideline. Yeah, like she does like a really good like job acting wise. Yeah, like she like when she was um drive like recklessly driving. I kind of believed her when she was like admitting her love, and then when she's like deadpan to Maverick when she's revealed to be the teacher, I was like, this is actually pretty good. Like she's doing a really good job. Like mm. I thought probably better than Cruz at some points. Okay. As like a baseline actor. Yeah, I get you. She just gets sidelined. Like as soon as it comes to like the third act, I just don't remember her being in it. Like she has the kind of I got trip to Washington and then she leaves for half the film. And it, like it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, it, it, I don't know. It doesn't really present like an interesting subplot to me. And it's definitely not the focus of the movie. Yeah. It's also like she picks like like a weird time to leave. Like he's just lost his best friend, his wingman, like uh, his pilot. She's like, yeah, I'm going to leave you now. Good luck. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, that that, that kind of sucks. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> I, I, generally, I generally like... 
I, I enjoy the relationship between Maverick and Goose. I, I like. I think. I think a lot of the the shots, like kind of the fighter pilot shots, are incredible. They're really, really well filmed. Oh but yeah, yeah. There, there just feels like the film's missing something to kind of make it, it like have an important message or have like an important story. Like yeah. it feels everything feels really surface level, and it, it doesn't give you a lot to dig in with. So I think like the best parts of this film is like the first and the last act because yeah. that's like the part with the fighter pilots and like in the yeah. beginning it's funny to see him go upside down and like flip the bird and take a Polaroid <laughs> like I was like yeah that's pretty good and that does give off like the he's a hothead and yeah. like a dickhead and that's like quite nice and then he lands and the film gets boring and then you get the final bit where he has his like redemption arc if you just put those like two scenes together yeah it's like you can clearly see there is. A level that his character has progressed he's gone from being this like egotistical maniac to then this guy who actually tells about a squad yeah when you look at the middle of the film it's kind of like yeah i mean they do it they do a good job at setting him up as like the dickhead and then redeeming himself but it just feels weird mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like he, like it's almost like he needed goose to die to realize that he needed to be better yeah because there's nothing else like building up to that change it's literally just goose dies and then which is tragic. The way he dies is yeah, of fucking brutal. And like you, they really set you up to like that character, especially with having like Meg Ryan show up and her kid and like, Oh yeah. You really like them and you get that relationship kind of built they, like, on. As soon as they showed the kid, I was like, well, this fucker's dying. Yeah. It's really, yeah. It's like very obvious goose is going to die. But I, I generally like how, like, I think Tom Cruise's acting shines in that third act. I think he's very good at like showing like how his kind of, masculine facade has broken down I, th- I think it was quite excellently handled by him mm. like as for the cheesy stuff yeah i'm not big on it i, I get he's play like he's playing someone with that level of cheese so maybe us finding his acting incredibly cheesy is on is what he's trying to achieve yeah it is, so it kind it of is, gives us the personality yeah. of that character i don't know i i really enjoy him in in like the last kind of act in the movie yeah, it's, like, it's, it's like the only point where I was like really gripped in the film. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't find the film particularly gripping up till Goose's kind of death. Like even even the the, the fire pilot scenes, like they're really cool. But at the end of the day, they're not that like, I don't super care about the outcome. I don't know. In the final scene when Iceman's under fire, mm-hmm. like, their fucking names like... <laughs> With Iceman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and like, you see, like, it go, like, they shoot you beside, they have to, like, kill the engines. It's like, this, they're building good tension here, and it feels like there's actual risk, like, they're going to die. Yeah, definitely, definitely at the ending, 100%. Oh, even at the beginning, to be fair, with, um, with Goose. No, not Goose, with, um, oh, what's his name? It's Cougar. Cougar. Yes. Cougar, yeah. I thought it was Coyote, so I was close. <laughs> but, like, for him, like, talking him down into landing... That scene was incredibly tense because yeah. like, it's not just one person's life, but it's two people's lives at risk. It's just kind of there's this like gravitas to it now. Yeah, no, there's, there's some quite good editing in that first scene right now that I think about it. And like the the way their like fuel is running out, they're getting closer to the ocean that he's going to. There's just a lot of factors that just build and build and build. Yeah. And we're just kind of set there like, oh, land the land the bloody plane <laughs> and land like the, when it's like the camera is like so disorientating, like tilting from left to right, it's quite a cool visual it's, show it's just like in like if this film was just all kind of that like those scenes mm-hmm. i think it would have been so much better but then obviously you do have to have a story it's, it's kind of hard well unless you're doing dunkirk but it's hard to tell a story from just a fighter pilot's perspective because of fuel and crap and all that 
No, I one hundred percent get you. Yeah, I think I think there's a solid foundation for a story there. I just think I think it got a bit lost. And yeah, they felt the need to inject stuff in there that kind of just takes up the runtime. Because I don't know, I found I found like a good portion of the song to just be pretty boring, and like I kind of checked out for like a good like half an hour at one point. Like yeah. I wasn't I wasn't enthralled. Like to me, every scene it, the, the film wasn't moving at like a good pace. It kind of feels like something would happen, then we'd have to wait half an hour for something else to good happen. Yeah, it was definitely in the like more suburban, like when they're off the ground. When they're yeah. on the ground, even I was kind of like, oh, can we just can we just get to the cool bit that I'm here to like? Watch? We, or you just want something in the plot to happen. There's, there's just a lot of there's a lot of time where it feels like not a lot's happening. Also, the whole time I was watching, all I could think about was the Green Lantern film. Oh no, why? Cause, That's horrible. Because that film has like the exact same like Maverick is just um Ryan Reynolds <laughs> and that like well, no, Ryan Reynolds is just like Maverick in that like he lost his father in a plane crash and now he's a cocky pilot who wants to like redeem the family name and I just yeah, like, I... going through like <laughs> but, but that film is like the complete opposite where it's so overbearing. It's like oh, <laughs> it's yeah, like sure. leaves no room for interpretation whatsoever. That, I, I do like that about this film. I like how people have different readings of this film as well. Like have you ever seen the clip where like Tarantino goes off on like a ta- I don't think it's like I think it's like in a movie or TV show or something. But uh, Tarantino goes off in like a, on like a tangent about how this movie's actually that allegory for like homosexuality have you I ever seen that clip before actually say like this film is surprisingly homoerotic for like oh my god like you can be my wingman anytime and like this whole they're always in the showers always in their undies and i'm like i'm not against it like i'm all for it but i just thought like this is a weird and like the beach scene yeah. like, they're really like they're oiled up they're they're like bare chested it's like okay yeah like i don't know why except for just like oh they're man's men and stuff, but then they have these scenes where they're just in the showers, like but ass naked with little towels, just talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, okay. Wasn't expecting this from Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, no, it it does kind of have like a kind of energy to it. Where I think they kind of know what they're doing with it. I'm sure there's like some intentionality behind it. Because they're, they're, they're trying to, again, show that kind of masculine facade, but they're showing it so much to the point where it's like slightly er- kind of erotic in a way. Yeah, this film is very, like, it handles masculinity, I think, quite, I don't know what the word for it, but it's not, like, coyly, but it is, <laughs> well, that's not the right word at all. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the right word. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, they, they, they show, like, the masculine, like, oh, I'm the, I've got to be the best. Yeah. I'm the best that you can get. And then, like, cut to this domestic scene, where it's quite, like, they're quite wholesome and nice, which I know... Like masculinity is meant to be like, oh, you're hard and like you have yeah. no emotions and you're just a man's man. Then yeah. it's to cut the scenes of like genuine like emotion and just like whole like wholesomeness. Like when the um sergeant tells him about his father and stuff, like I don't know, it just felt kind of nice. It was it was like nice and refreshing that all the people uh, were trying to get him back into it. They were trying to get him back into the swing of being a pilot. But mm-hmm. like we we'll do the run again, just keep making him do the runs and he'll get into the swing of it. In just, instead of just being a hard ass, yeah, what you detect from like the masculine authority figure of just get on with it, do the job. They're actually trying to like lift him up out of his funk. Yeah, and I do, I do kind of respect the nuance of that. Yeah, and it's, I, I, now that you've mentioned, it, I can see how many people will have like varying different opinions because I imagine there are some people who just hate this film for being a uh, not gun toting, but like pretty just actiony for the most part. Yeah, and, like, a lot of substance, but then. 
there are the deeper readings of like like losing a well basically a loved one and like the struggling with like like trying to put this facade of being the best mm -hmm. or only being lucky is like the big thing that he experienced because i think he's just lucky yeah because every time he tries to do like an actual maneuver he kind of mucks it up or he mm -hmm. doesn't do it right but he's whenever he does like the oh that's not textbook it's just oh, that's just luck <laughs> yeah no they, they emphasize i think a lot of characters come up to him and they're kind of like that like very fucking lucky to be alive or some shit and like you gotta stop breaking all the rules and that kind of. And then, and then Charlie turned around, and was like, "That wasn't textbook, but that was like, I think that was amazing poetry." Like, well, no, <laughs> he almost killed everybody. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, leaving your wingman is not like, uh, oh, that's a tactic and a half. That's just being a dick. Yeah, no, I, I totally get you. One, one of my things about this movie, there's a lot of military porn. Do you know what I mean? There's like making the military look good. Yeah, and not a lot of. Sure. There's not a lot of criticism or like poking observations about like how the military, how like military funding is so overly ridiculous. Yeah, the same and like exactly. that kind of stuff, and like how they have this like special flight school. Also, the, like, the shitty name of Top Gun as well. Yeah, like, in the beginning they have that, like opening text where it says, and the pilots have dubbed it. Which yeah. that text that's way too long. I read the whole thing and then it's sitting on for like another twenty seconds. I've read it now. <laughs> we can show the title of the film. Don't be afraid. Come on, I know what I bought. They really do emphasize that title. Yeah, true. And then it's Top Gun, and then they have the little shitty caps. That yeah. The the, the 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 text and like there's no cool design. It literally just says Top Gun. And it's like yeah. oh, that's what I get. I get a shitty cap. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought the movie could have benefit benefited a bit if it kind of poked fun of like that whole environment and like this whole kind of military kind of thing. And like the way the way like the kind of is are they are they like the bad guys Russians like the guys they fight in the plane because I I can't remember who it was I think it was made clear they were Russians right. I don't well I don't know personally all I know is it was fought over the Indian Ocean mm. but I I don't think they well at least to my knowledge I don't think they made it explicitly clear who they were fighting it was just kind of like nameless soldiers in all black with their visors, which also is quite interesting. I find is that with all the American soldiers, they have helmets that you can see like their eyes and like, they felt very human, but then yeah. the enemies, they had like tinted visors. So you could only really make out the bottom half of their face, just like little soul touch like that, just dehumanize mm -hmm. the enemies, which like is not a big thing. Cause this film is not trying to say anything. I don't think anyway, like big political things about war. Mm -hmm. I just find it interesting that they take away the humanity of the other pilots. Like, yeah. Like to, it's like the same thing they do with Star Wars, is that they get rid of the eyes so you can't feel humanity. And then when you see their eyes, it becomes a big thing of, oh, I now feel sympathy for you because I know what you look like and I can see into like the eyes of the wind of the soul and whatnot. Yeah, of course. And to deny us of that just makes them feel like disposable grunts. That, yeah, that, yeah, it, it felt, like, felt like the military like very adamant to like, approve this film because... It's probably why they, they were able to get all those plant like have as much connection with the military for the filming as they did. They were so non critical of like the yeah. idea of the military or like questioning like whether it was like what even what these pilots doing now or anything. It was just like, Oh, they're the bad ones. Wait yeah. till they shoot on us first, then we can tear them to shreds. Like <laughs> I don't know. It's it is odd that they're just kind of there and they don't really expect because all I really knew is there was something about a line, like there's a border or something that they were crossing. Yeah, and unless they were fired upon, then they can't fire back. That's all I really remember about the like the baddies of the film. Yeah. So there are uh, some things where they like we value the planes over the humans, like they say, "Oh, you're." Fine. Yeah, true. They're like you could have cost us millions with that plane. 
that thing was paid by tax dollars. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, but there are two humans in there. Like, mm. what, what the fuck? Like, there's like, I guess there's a little bit of like, and also I do like how whenever I, th- oh, well, except for Goose, <laughs> whenever, <laughs> yeah, that poor bastard died, but whenever like the American plane gets shot up, you can kind of see them parachute out of it. And you yeah. Life. Whereas the enemies, they just fucking blow up. They just like outright. There's like one plane that they jettison, but one just straight up blows up. Because uh-huh. that'd be an interesting thing. Like, well, I know this is like, I assume you've seen Dunkirk. Yeah, I've seen Dunkirk. But they kind of like, they when they shoot down, like, like when they, oh no, it might be Battle of Britain actually. But whenever they shot down someone, they would always check to see if they like parachuted out. Yeah. Because obviously they, they're destroying like the machines and what they stand for, not necessarily the human beings within them. And yeah, of course. The Geneva Convention is obviously just exists, <laughs> but like in this film, it felt like they they showed them parachuting down, but none of the soldiers were like, "Oh, thank God, I didn't kill somebody." And then when they do kill two people, it's kind of like, "Yeah, it's that full celebrate moment." Yeah, they like get off the plane, they're all cheering and up in arms. It's like, "Yeah, you just fought for your country, and yeah, you took away two lives, and you didn't show any real care." That mm-hmm. like that one pilot got out because what's he gonna do now? He's just in the ocean. Like they're not gonna pick him up. He's just chilling, <laughs> waiting for his mates to come back. Just a bit more like substance. Something yeah, we'll just just yeah. Get we also could just seeing getting to know some of the other pilots would have been cool. And like even with the pilots, we do focus on. Like, I don't feel like I know anything about Iceman at all. Other than he's a good pilot. What was like his his um co-pilot? I think was Slider, and then you had Hollywood. <laughs> And then his co-pilot. But yeah. I, like, they turn up in the credits. Like, they have a little, like, turning to the camera, doing, like, a Yeah, true. But like, it's I, like, I, what the fuck? We, who are these people? I don't remember seeing him turning his head. Why now? Yeah, they, like, they don't have, have, like, characters. People? They're just there for the plot. Like, even, like, um, with Hollywood's co-pilot, they didn't really have much footage. So they just show him in the beach scene, which is, mm. like, okay. So these other characters get like a cool like thing with their character, and then him is just ha oh, beautiful. Yeah, just felt so bizarre that they gave all those characters like end credit bits, and it was like okay. <laughs> I mean, there was like the wife I thought might have got one. I mean, she was like Goose's wife was more in the yeah, of course, in freaking Hollywood. Yeah, she smiled at the camera. <laughs> I uh, I have a question. Are you more excited to see the sequel now that you've seen this film? Um. I'd say so, because I, I saw the trailer for it before, because it was actually, I was watching YouTube and the trailer just happened to come on for Maverick. Yeah. And there's, there's parts in it where he's like, I don't want to be an instructor. And then you see, um, I think it's Goose's kid, like, snap at Cruz and is like, you killed my father, you son of a bitch. And they kind of have this, like, back and forth. Yeah. And I didn't really know what all that meant because I hadn't watched the film yet. And then when I watched the film, I was like, okay, so that's Goose's son. I, I can see that move. And then this film ends with him, like the Top Gun ends with him saying, I want to be a teacher. Well, at the beginning of the Maverick trailer, he says that he doesn't want to be a teacher. So I'm quite interested to know what's happened between those two events. That like he was so certain that he- I mean, it's a long time period. Was it like 40 years since this film came out? Oh, yeah. But I'm just interested because there's got to be some massive ramifications. That, like, I guess, yeah. It's just whole like end goal for the next one and then then the pilot scenes do look just a lot a lot nicer and not they clear. do yeah they look they look they do look very nice and clean yeah this this film uses shaky cam a lot as well but yeah. not in a not in an overbearing way i thought yeah i think it kind of it kind of helps sell yeah. the, like in the air anything could go yeah wrong. it puts you it puts you in like the pilot's perspectives which is quite cool like you really feel like you're there i just you feel like the crazy ones and stuff 
has more kind of like practical stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot more ground, like it feels more ground instead of more cinematic. Yeah, I think that'd be cool, yeah. Because this film like towed the line between cinematic and kind of grounded for me. Like anything out, like anything in the air felt quite grounded. Mm-hmm. And everything on the ground felt kind of like quite cinematic, like with him on the motorbike, going to the pier and all the stuff like at dusk with the beach ball game. It felt quite like it felt like a movie-esque. Yeah. Whereas I hope with this new one, they kind of just stick to a more grounded feel. And like make it feel like it's actually like a I don't I doubt they'll do it because it is Top Gun at the end of the day. <laughs> and yeah. it is such a corny, cheesy American gun toting film. Yeah. But I just kinda hope they have this more grounded aspect of the new one. I agree. I think that would be cool. And I I think I think you could pull it off successfully. And I hope they just kill some more pilots off because <laughs> I, I, I just I was sat there like so only Goose has died. What the fuck? Yeah, well hopefully we get to know some more pilots than just the kind of original like the, the OG three. But um yeah. Do you have any anything else you wanna I mean not really that's not really this is not really like a big film to talk about. Yeah. No, that's that's a fair assessment. I feel like like with other films that we've like kind of covered, there's mm-hmm. been stuff we can like go into depth about and talk yeah. about like individual characters, like certain scenes. Whereas this one is just kind of like, yeah, it, it's good. I mean, that's about it. It's just like the characters are somewhat interesting. Mm-hmm. The score is pretty great, even though it's overused and the action is solid. It's just kind of, that's it. That's the film. That's fair. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't know how Will thought this was going to be like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure about that. An hour and a half, yeah. Well, is there anything you want to say? Uh, no, I think I think I got all my thoughts out. But um, well, wait, what would you rate it out of ten? Well, we've got to do the audience interaction first. Oh, okay. yeah, I, I I get to do these now, so bear with me. I will bear with you. Joey gave this film a three stars. Matt Hall gave this film a three and a half stars, and he said, "I definitely would have enjoyed it a lot more if I hadn't tested positive for COVID this morning." Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> cool guy. I'm getting my ass kicked by the symptoms, and I'm probably going to have to take the time off work already. Anyway, all things considered, I had a decent time with this film. Another one that I'm actually questioning why it's taking me so long to watch. Top Gun is an unquestionable classic with an unusually charming military focus, but also runs parallels with a love story that, despite feeling somewhat forced, ends up being a real focus point of the movie. John Cruise and Val Kilmer are, unlike, are an unlikely duo that really bounce off each other well, with that rivalry turned unexpected friendship between Ice and Maverick being a nice highlight of an interesting to watch unfold steadily. Definitely excited to see how Tongan Maverick when it finally releases later this year. Uh, Harry Membry gave it two and a half stars. Marvel Man gave it a four star. Dan Z1 gave it a five star, and he had to say, Family Rewatch, such a brilliant piece of pop entertainment. Just ticks all the boxes, memorable characters, exhilarating set pieces, great music, gorgeous to look at, brilliant performances, and killer pacing. I know it's an overused word when it comes to describing old blockbusters, but Top Gun really is super sincere. Sure, it's a bit of a guerrilla DOD campaign, like most 80s actioneers, let's be honest. We are so invested in the larger-than-life characters that it becomes a non-issue. I wouldn't be against Korinsky. I adore Tron Legacy. But he really chose a tough act to follow here. Top Gun is a damn near the pinnacle blockbuster entertainment. Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of big words. Uh, <laughs> off the cuff reviews gave it a four and a half stars. Eight Bean Suit gave it three stars. And other host who's not here today, Will Templar, gave it a three stars. Right. Uh, that's everybody. So, Cole, would you like to give a closing summary and your final score? 
Um, Top Gun is a fairly enjoyable 80s flick with some interesting character moments, but overall the pacing and uninteresting subplots kind of dragged the film down for me. But um, I still kind of had fun with it, even though I probably wouldn't watch it again. Well, I probably will watch it again, but not I'm not desperate to see it again. So, yeah, I'd give it a like three stars out of five. A very fair summary and judgment. Um, I think I've said all I need to say about this film. This film is a good, I think it's a pretty good action film as it goes. The characters are interesting to me, but I feel a bit bland at some points. And I think the pacing was a little weird at points. I give it a three out of five. Amazing. Are we in all agreement that the sex scene ah. is amazing? What the fuck, Will? <laughs> well, it's surprise. It does not surprise me at all that you thought the sex scene was amazing. It, 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 it was dreadful. <laughs> it was dreadful. <laughs> I, I was watching it the other day, and I sent a video to Michael on Discord as I was watching it of just me laughing at it. It's because it's such a dramatic cut from the exterior on the bike and stuff to the inside, and it's blue. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" It was hilarious. It's like we enter like a '90s like music video for like a really. <laughs> it was uh, ironically the best scene from the film i think well i'll leave you to it bye we're finished we just finished oh, yeah we just done the audience interaction i was li- i was just oh i think he's gone again <laughs> what a dickhead anyway um so yeah thank you cole hopefully we'll get you something more interesting than top gun okay I had a good chat though. Thanks. Thanks yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time with you, mate. Cheers, man. Uh, next week, we. I don't know if it's next week, but next time, we have a mystery one to discuss. Ooh. Which I. We may be breaking the rules on the big screen technicality of this podcast, but I hope you all enjoy it and we'll see you then. All right, bye. Nice. Nice. Nice.